to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by MedTerra CBD. You can go to MedTerraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BigMXRadio15 to save 15% off every single one of your purchases. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we have Repeat Offender on the podcast, and uh, he's the big boss of the hot sauce media-wise over at a little company called Feld Entertainment deals solely with the Monster Energy Supercross series, which released their schedule for 20, 2021 this last weekend. He's a five-time repeat offender on the Big MX Radio podcast and a friend of the show. Sean Brennan, how's it going? <laughs> five-time repeat offender. I like that. <laughs> I am is. great, man. How are you, buddy? Good to hear you. I'm I'm doing fantastic. As we talked about off air, I'm dealing with uh, damn near a blizzard outside. Not quite, but it's it, winter has arrived. I I can rest assured that you're down in uh, friendly Florida, where things are still nice and warm. Man, it is still absolutely beautiful. Uh, you know, it's it's a little too hot still to our liking. You know, it's like. Certainly, thank you know when it gets you know Halloween, you know the rest of the world is uh, you know thinking about autumn leaves and you know sweaters and you know maybe a flannel, <laughs> at least a long sleeve yes, sir. Uh, shirt. But uh, man, it is still a little little hot. We're still in the 80s down here, uh, so looking for it to cool off a little bit. But man. I am still very grateful for the sunshine. <laughs> no doubt. 20, 27 degrees Fahrenheit here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I imagine that it's uh, a whole lot warmer down where uh, we, you and I have a bone to pick because you guys have our cup. Your Tampa Bay we Lightning. Do. Like, although yeah, necessitated do, by we? many Canadians, you, you, you've got our cup for the second. You, you, you've Tampa Bay has won that cup twice since Canada won it uh, back in 1993 uh, with oh the Montreal Canadiens. It's been a while. That just doesn't seem right, though, does it? Yeah. Well, I, I put I, the way it makes sense in my head is that we ha- we send Canadian players to make millions of American dollars, and uh, <laughs> and you guys get uh, you guys get the cup more than I. It's, it's a fair trade off. And then at the Olympics, we sort things out that way. That, no, that that is absolutely right. Uh, but a lot of those American dollars do come back, though. So that does yes, you know that does help. Uh, help the Canadian economy as well, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> not, not, not whatsoever. It, it, you're, you're totally right I'd imagine a lot of these guys have dual residences and stuff. So yeah, they're still, uh, you know, spreading that wealth around, which, uh, which helps all of us, which is great. Oh, absolutely. And also uh, a lot of those guys, they obviously come from small town somewhere up in Canada and then they stay in like St. Louis, L.A., Phoenix, wherever they happen to play. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you watch in the next probably 10, 15 years, all those guys are going to start. They've had kids. They're going to get to the age where they're decent enough to make it into the NHL. And then uh, there won't be any Canadians left in the league because it'll all be (laughs) ex-players, kids that have come up through the ranks. Uh, but, uh, four minutes into the podcast, we haven't really talked too much about motocross, although this could be a hockey podcast. I know you'd be able to wax intellectually about, uh, about all that. Absolutely. And I know that that is, uh, well, I'm not sure which one, I'm not sure if supercross, uh, beats out hockey or if hockey beats out supercross for you, maybe it's, uh, you know, time of the year. Uh, but no, you know, just, uh, before we move forward, you know, a little shout out to, uh, to Tampa Bay because boy, you know, the city is really, you know, it's such a funky thing right now because you have Tom Brady, you know, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski playing for, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes, sir. uh, obviously having a winning season, you have, the Tampa Bay Rays, who just played in the World Series, uh, even though it didn't go their way, I mean, my goodness, they were in the World Series. And then, of course, the Lightning get it done and they bring it home. Uh, it has been an amazing 2020 for sports in this city. Um, 
but it's, you know, you don't have the buzz like a normal year because, you know, the Lightning were in a bubble. The World Series were played, you know, in a whole other location. Uh, and it's limited fans at Raymond James Stadium. So, you know, the weirdness of 2020 just continues. And, you know, what we're about to move in here, you know, talking 2021, holy cow, I hope we can get to some some normalcy, right? <laughs> hey, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, it's uh, It's been, like, maybe that's the epitome of wildness when, uh, this, then, when Tampa Bay, Florida, becomes the city of champions once again, uh, or damn near <laughs> right? anyway. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady doing his best to uh, to make it a double championship year. Really cool to see the yep. Rays. Um, yep. And I think uh, that uh, actually a big motocross fan, maybe even a bigger motocross fan than me, but if, if you look around my apartment, basically nothing but motocross stuff, in Chris Betts is a huge uh, fan of yeah. uh, Adam Cerullo, yeah. and I think he was yeah. sort of like a kind of black ace waiting in the wings. Obviously he wasn't going to get hauled into the – uh, into the series at any point, but uh, right, he's he's a, a Tampa Bay Rays uh, draft pick. So there's like Supercross, sports, Tampa Bay, like it's just a mixing pot of awesomeness. It it, it really is right now. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Whew. <laughs> and what a character that Chris Betts is, right? Oh, absolutely. I, like if what they might a start a. Yeah, they might start a, uh, a TV series or a reality show just following him around uh, in the off season, hanging out with uh, with Adam. That that might be a good contest content piece in and of itself. But uh, it really um, would be. You're absolutely right. For for that to happen, we got to get to the 2021 motocross or Supercross series from uh, that starts in Houston a week later than usual where we're usually right on the heels of Christmas and uh, I, yeah. I had sort of like I had a date circled on my calendar looking at January 16th of things getting back and uh, yeah we were there almost uh, two years ago second round of the series yeah. was in Houston now it'll be the first round for three uh, three weeks or three races in a row basically uh three rounds over the course of eight days um something that you guys were certainly able to uh, uh achieve in uh in salt lake city which was far and away probably the most impressive execution of uh of any seven race block that I i've ever seen um uh, from from you guys like I, I think it was extremely well done but this time there's gonna be fans in the stands and there's gonna be people uh looking forward to the first three rounds starting out from houston yeah, and you know the key word there is uh, well. First, thank you uh, for uh, for that in Salt Lake because it really did take the entire industry to, you know, come together and pull that off. Um, but the key word were uh, was fans. You know, as amazing as those seven rounds in Salt Lake City were, and they were. We had great racing and. Uh, you know, we, we were able to crown three champions and it was just a huge success. Um, but we did everything without fans and, you know, it was, oh my goodness, as invigorating as it was, uh, and being down there, you know, with, um, the rockstar energy Husqvarna team and their sweep and Zach Osborne and, and Dean and Jason and just the exuberance. And then you've got Eli Tomac that, you know, finally uh, got that crown that he was, you know, so been, been working so hard for, you know, a number of years, uh, you know, in a normal year, oh my goodness, it would have been pandemonium. It would have been absolute pandemonium. Uh, so, to be able to welcome fans back uh, is huge for us, and uh, we're excited. I mean, it's been 25 years that uh, we have not started in California and in Anaheim uh, in particular. Anaheim has obviously become, you know, synonymous with the start of the season. Uh, H1 doesn't really have the same ring as, as A1, and we certainly realize that. Uh, but my goodness, Houston is a great, great supercross town, uh, a great sports town. And, 
you know, we're excited that we are going racing. So January 16th and uh, doing three, you know, starting with three right off the gate. Out of the gate there in Houston is going to really set us up for uh, an amazing 21. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, for the first time since, I believe, 1993 or 4, things getting kicked off in uh, on the East Coast for the, one, for the I was going to say 125 series, but the 250 uh, class yeah. uh, East Coast, those guys will be first. Um, that, that's yep. going to definitely uh, throw a wrench into things as far as who thought they were going to ride what coast. And like you know how these racers are. You throw them out of their regular routine and all things uh, come crashing down. Uh, but Five rounds to start things off, as well as Indianapolis in um, in Jan- late January, early February. Uh, I feel like as a, as a Canadian, I have to be at that event just to show you guys how to deal with the cold at that one. I think we might, you know, we might yeah. need it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny because I think the last two years in Indianapolis, it has snowed. Um, well, this year, you know, is really what started everything. So that was kind of, uh, you know, and I think back to Indianapolis for 2020, that is the week that, you know, the entire world uh, kind of shut down. So it, it leaves sort of a cold feeling uh, in my memory <laughs> uh, without the snow. But I guess two years ago, I know we had a blizzard. And I think the last two years, uh, we had snow there. So, and that was a little bit later, you know, uh, a little bit later in the season. So to your point, we're definitely going to, it's definitely going to be cold there, uh, for sure. Uh, but my goodness, that is another great, uh, racing city for us. Uh, it always, Indianapolis always does well, great fans there. Um, you know, and hopefully, uh, with it being cold outside and snow on the ground, uh, that'll help, uh, help sell tickets too, you know, and come on down and hang with us, uh, even on a Tuesday night. Yeah, absolutely. Tuesday the 2nd, uh, Saturday, January 30th. Um, it should be fantastic. And I, 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 I hope that uh, there, there'll be some sort of uh, arrangements that people can, can take in the, uh, the pit party or the, the, the fan uh, experience. Because that, to me, if I go, go back to experiencing Supercross as a fan, the first time I ever went, 2003 in, uh, in Minneapolis, um, the, the pits were completely closed. It wasn't able to go in and check things out. But the, the next following year when I was in Toronto, then I got to the full experience, got to walk around the bikes, look at it, look like, get the posters, uh, see the Monster Girls, whatever it happens to be. That is, to me, the full experience. And, and honestly, I feel like that's really what Feld Motorsports sells is the uh, is that full experience of being so up and close and personal with the sport of motocross that they love so much and just getting that like literally getting to be that close uh, to uh, to the to the sport and just like being able, like literally reach out and almost touch uh, some of these uh, beautiful motorcycles uh, and and that's something you guys have uh, somehow improved every single year it's pretty fantastic. Well, thank you for that. Uh, you know, as we were talking a little bit off the air, because uh, you were in Atlanta uh, this year. Yes, sir. Uh, Fan Fest is something that we have improved upon every season uh, from a you know a, a strategic standpoint. So we are always trying to improve that uh, for the fans. Um, it is designed, you know, to be experiential in nature. Uh, it is designed uh, to be a festival atmosphere. Uh, we have worked really, really hard the last two years at making it more comfortable for everyone. And what I mean by that, uh, and you would have noticed in Atlanta that we have more, um, you know, places in the center of FanFest where you can sit, relax. There's, you know, the lounge area. Uh, we had race day live set up in the middle of fan fest. So that if you wanted cool. to just sit Taking it and out be of the comfortable booth and like in there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, you know, watch Daniel and, and Jim do their thing and interview, you know, the athletes and things like that. Uh, and then the ride of fame, you know, that, that 
my goodness, to see, you know, the stars of our sport coming through the ride of fame and, you know, it just being a sea of hands as they, you know, high five uh, the fans going into the stadium. You know, think about that. <clears throat> you know, hockey players, uh, football players, you know, you're not going to, there's no way to get that close no. to those athletes as they enter their field. Uh, so for, you know, our stars and for you to be, you know, a young kid and a fan of Eli Tomac and be able to, you know, give him a high five before he uh, goes out and qualifies uh, or, you know, enters the main event is just, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, FanFest is definitely something that we've worked really hard at and making it uh, more uh, one more things to do, more things to see, uh, you know, a great part of our fan base, you know, to your point, just love to get that up close, uh, not only to the athletes, but the inner workings of the race team, uh, the bikes, the bikes are just absolutely amazing. Uh, sometimes you get to see a complete rebuild, you know, in between, uh, racing, which is fantastic. So, you know, it's really neat because there's a whole inner workings behind and going on, you know, on race day that, you know, is its own thrill and you get to see all of that stuff up close. So, um, you know, FanFest is a big part of the uh, the day event and uh, and the, you know, Supercross experience for sure. Now, is that something that, that people will be able to uh, look forward to this year? Obviously, uh, high-fiving athletes on the way in to the track might be something that uh, like is is a little touch-and-go in the, the current environment we're in right now. Uh, of course, I imagine you guys will be uh, as flexible as humanly possible as, as things progress and, and restrictions are lifted. Um but like, if I'm a fan, if I if I'm looking forward to going to one of these things, uh, this this in the in the coming year, uh, what am I looking forward to as far as a fan experience and and that uh, all encompassing, uh, just being brought close to the sport I love. So you know, back to FanFest being you know a big part of our strategy and making that the best experience uh, that it can be uh, when we. You know, we're looking at 2021. Uh, to your point, yes, we are still dealing with uh, a pandemic. There are going to be restrictions. Uh, we're still working through what all of that means. Uh, the good news or the great news is that we are planning on having FanFest at every round except for the city that you mentioned in Indianapolis okay. and the, the primary reason for that is that it is going to be January 30th and February 2nd. <clears throat> so it will be the heart of winter. Uh, and you cannot stage, uh, any type of fan fest outdoors in the middle of winter. It just will not work. Uh, so Lucas oil stadium, there really is not an area that you that we can do it inside. Uh, so we already know that, uh, we're not going to be able to do it there, but every other round we do plan on having a fan fest. Um, so, you know, folks can, you know, check back on our supercrosslive.com website. We'll have all of the details on the individual event pages. Uh, we are working through all of those details right now with all of our major partners. Uh, you know, Monster Energy will be there. Uh, Fly Racing will be there. Uh, so we will certainly have a lot for uh, the fans to do, just like they typically would. Um, but at the same time, you know, we do have to be realistic that fans will be seeing some changes as well. Um, things like autograph signings and, you know, being able to get up close with uh, the athletes uh, like we have done and typically like to do in the past. Uh, there, We will have to uh, change some of that. So, you know, I would say just hang out or hang on. Uh, we're diligently working through all of that stuff, uh, but we do definitely plan on, you know, making FanFest, uh, you know, still a great Supercross experience. 
but I think in the world that we are living in right now, uh, that everybody uh, can't expect to see some changes, no matter uh, what type of event they're you know planning on attending next year. I, I totally agree. And, and to those who are like sort of on the fence, skeptical, or anything like that, I, I say it to you this. Uh, it has always been, as far as I know, like going to Supercross races as a kid uh, or going to as a young adult before I was uh, involved in any type of media capacity. The last thing you have to worry about at a Supercross race is whether or not Supercross is going to take care of you as a as a fan and, and have the, the experience that you're looking for. I, it's always been kind of that that. The uh, first priority is making sure that everyone has a fun time because they want to come back that following year. Like on your website, you guys have a fan wellness info page. Uh, all that fun stuff's on there, and, and that's going to be more updated as things go go along as well. Um, and uh, I, I put a lot of faith in you guys' ability to uh, um, like really get inside the mind of, of those who are like, the concerns of someone who's going to be attending these events and, and, and make sure that uh, they give uh, – the, the experience of a lifetime 17 times uh, in the, in the yes. coming year. I think you guys are going to do fantastic. I noticed that you kept a uh, four rounds uh, available from thir- from round 13 to 16. I imagine most of those are in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, but if they're not, maybe they're somewhere else. Um, but uh, I, I think it's really cool to be able to, like, you guys are in Texas, you're in Arizona, Indianapolis, back to Texas, um, and then finishing everything off date to be announced but salt lake where you guys were very successful with closing things out last year yes yes you know let me touch on that you know just for a minute um you know you might have some of your listeners that didn't you know that that you know that didn't realize or don't realize uh that supercross was the very first uh to have a bubble you know i like to tell people now that it's pretty widely popular uh everybody knows what a bubble is now uh, but back when we were putting that uh, together and coming up with that mitigation plan uh, and really putting that all down and how it's going to work, uh, we were, you know, the first sport to, you know, not only come up with that, but then execute in it and then successfully complete our championship in the bubble environment. Uh, now, obviously, you've got Major League Baseball that just completed their season in a bubble. Um, you had your favorite sport, the NHL, uh, successfully complete theirs in a bubble. Yes, um, and a little unknown fact, uh, you know, obviously the NBA were right over in Orlando uh, and completed their season in a bubble. Uh, but a little known unknown fact is that the WNBA were actually in our facility, we actually That's created right. their bubble environment That's here cool. at Feld Entertainment Studios. Um, our tours, unfortunately, were down uh, because of um, you know the pandemic. So we have two huge arena-sized uh, rehearsal halls here uh, that are typically, you know, with one of our brands, whether it's Disney on ice or Jurassic world live, uh, typically, you know, that's why we have all of our facilities right here that we can build shows from the ground up, rehearse them, uh, for as long as needed. And then, you know, they hit the road, but with the pandemic and our tours being shut down, we were able to create, uh, and work with the WNBA, uh, so that they can have a successful, uh, you know, bubble environment and complete their championship as well. So I say that, you know, because we have been on the forefront, you know, with uh, with all of this, um, you know, technology and change and strategy and tactics um, and have now we are the very first company and entertainment company that's, a, you know, not a sporting event uh, to actually hold an indoor stadium um, event. And we did that last weekend at AT&T Stadium in Arlington uh, with Monster Jam. So that is, uh, you know, the first uh, motorsport to be back uh, or live event to be back inside indoors. Uh, we had upwards of 30,000 fans over two events uh, last Saturday and Sunday. So even with a hybrid model, if you will, of um, 
having a bubble and having certain athletes and performers and operations and TV and whatever, you know, you might have, uh, and needing a bubble environment there, but then introducing fans and allowing them to be safe, uh, and having, you know, protocols set up for both of those, um, we were able to just do successfully. Um, and then Disney on Ice, we actually kick off next week uh, in Dallas as well. And they, once the WNBA moved out, Disney on Ice moved in. So we're be, you know, finally be able to bring back our, uh, our performers. And we created another bubble environment for them. And they've been here for the last uh, four or five weeks rehearsing. And we're excited that, you know, next week we're gonna, it's showtime. It's showtime in, in Dallas. So we're excited to get Disney back out there as well. But I bring that up because, you know, we are at the forefront um, on bringing these types of events back. Uh, and, you know, it's different when you're – you know, the NFL and you're at an outdoor stadium and you're still, you know, open air and some of those things, but, uh, to be able to do it safely and work with, you know, not only our stadium partners, but local health departments, uh, and local governments, there's a lot, you know, there's always going to be, you know, eyes on what you're doing. You always have to be, you know, in line and, uh, and working with, um, a lot of various partners, but, you know, with COVID, it just ratchets that intensity up a lot more and there's a lot more scrutiny. So, you know, we're excited to be on the forefront and getting some of our other um, tours up and running. And of course, everything that we're learning with, uh, with now Dizzy on Ice moving forward and Monster Jam, we'll be able to take that and adapt it into uh, the Supercross season as well. Absolutely. Never, never before since maybe uh, the age of five or six has the word bubble been so prominent in uh, in your your world right now. Uh, but you guys it's are crazy, fantastic right? with it. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you guys are doing well with it, and I, I think that uh, the execution uh, of that was something that uh, that a lot of other organizations could uh, could use as an example and learn and say that it can be done and to be on the forefront of that is something certainly be to be proud of and uh, um, as people move forward and as fans move forward to uh, Tuesday uh, October 8th or to t- December 8th when uh, they can officially start to uh, purchase uh, tickets for the general public. Uh, I know that there's going to be a ton of buzz people, that uh, people can finally get their hands on some tickets for the 21 uh, Supercross season. And I don't know about you, but for me, just the release uh, of a schedule like this, um, although there will be restrictions, although there will be hoops to jump through uh, because of the pandemic we're currently in, just having the schedule out and uh, and seeing that we're moving the calendar over to the next one, just it, it does give us a sense of uh, normalcy that uh, uh, we haven't exactly been able to enjoy over the last six months or so. Yes, no? 100%. Uh, be the light. <laughs> Me and Dave Prater were just uh, goofing around, you know, with that. We want to be the light. We want to be the hope. Uh, you know, it's been a long, cold winter. <laughs> we're not even there yet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But to your point, yeah. <laughs> You know, um, but, you know, for fans, you know, I, I do want to reiterate that, you know, fan safety is, uh, you know, of the utmost importance. We, you know, understand that, uh, you know, some folks, uh, you're going to have both. You're going to have, you know, folks that are, you know, both feet in. Let's go. Let's go. I have been waiting. Um, but then some that, you know, really uh, want to understand the safety protocol that we have in place. So, you know, our number one job for Supercross this year is uh, to keep all of our fans safe um, and, you know, show them a fantastic, you know, experience, uh, great racing. Uh, but we also have a huge responsibility to all of our athletes and keeping them safe as well. Uh, so it is, uh, we've got dual duty, uh, and we both, we take both of them, uh, very, very seriously, but yeah, we certainly do want to give, you know, give people hope and, uh, are excited that we are in a spot 
with all of our venue partners and all of their, you know, local governments, if you will, and their cities and their health departments. Uh, and then all of our partners as well, you know, Monster Energy and Fly Racing, Toyota, um, that we're able to, you know, put 12 rounds out there that you can stamp it. Here we go. Um, you know, we, t- we traditionally always take off that Easter weekend, um, and you're looking at seven months out, you know, and if you look back at the last seven months and how much has changed in our world and how much that we've learned and how much that we've progressed in the last seven months, um, it's going to change a lot in another seven. So, you know, if we are in a position to be able to welcome fans back at a hundred percent, that is what we hope to do. Um, you know, if we're not, we have, uh, you know, at least 16 other scenarios that are already in our back pocket. Um, but we really, there was really no need. Uh, I think the most important thing is, is that everybody realizes that this is a 17 race championship. That is not changing. Uh, Monster Energy Supercross is a 17 race championship, and that is wholeheartedly uh, hour. And that's why you see the schedule the way that it is. Uh, we wanted to put Salt Lake city there because we do plan that is going to be the final, uh, the final stop. Uh, but we left that date open just because if anything changes with those four TBAs before it. So, you know, it was the, the smartest thing at this point, since we had everything locked in up until Easter to let's make those announcements. We'll continue working with all of our various partners. uh, And, and, you know, we don't have to make that decision here today. So hopefully, you know, we have a a drop dead date um, that we will absolutely have to make a decision, you know, sometime in January, that, okay, we've got to go with either this scenario or this scenario. But, you know, a lot can change, and we're hoping that a lot changes for the better in the next 6, 8, 10, 12 weeks uh, before we absolutely have to announce those other four dates. Absolutely. Many things can change. Uh, I know that there's uh, some uh, a number of individuals on the West Coast uh, who would be absolutely tickled to see some, uh, some events <laughs> yes. out that way. Uh, to, uh, it's, it, it, in a lot of ways, it's a crime to not have a race somewhere in, uh, in, in Anaheim. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, the, the sport yes. has lived and breathed uh, through going to there or San Diego uh, or, or even Seattle. Of course, the Kingdom back in the day and then uh, uh yep. like the i don't know what their new stadium's at right now but anyway um like is that sort of like like a, a bit of a contingency plan like you said you have about 45 to 60 different options of where to go uh with the uh those other four rounds but uh like in a perfect world uh could we see uh, like is it the intention to go back to california for one of those four at least Oh, we would absolutely love to be able to go back to California. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a number of venues that we're in constant contact with. Uh, I think as, you know, most of your listeners either know or could probably, you know, guess, I mean, California is still, you know, very much in, in, in lockdown mode. Um, So, you know, we could not, those venues are, are not open for business. So, you know, uh, if we were able to go to Anaheim, uh, if we were able to go to Petco Park uh, and and would have been in a position to work with them, you know, absolutely. But those stadiums are not open for business. So, you know, you can't just, you know, uh, you have to have things locked in. So, but 100%, if, you know, things change in the next, you know, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, uh, before we have to make a final decision, we would 100% love to uh, to get back out to California uh, and or even the Pacific Northwest. So we'll just have to see. We are in constant contact with all of our venue partners out there. Uh, we are monitoring, you know, that situation and having daily conversations with those guys. Um, and again, you know, hopefully in the next, you know, two, three months, things will open up for the better. Um 
But yeah, we would absolutely love to be out there racing in front of all of our California fans for sure. Yeah, plus like y- like you'd like like a nice break from the weather, you know what I mean? Like being in in Florida, <laughs> cold, <laughs> rainy, no, it's it's uh, it's basically more of the same. I per- perhaps would would uh, would circle the dates for California, in which I have in the past. Um, yeah, but you know. <laughs> uh, absolutely, you got to go down there. Well, when, you in you 2000- basically moved to California, I think, for the first like ten weeks a few years ago, right? <laughs> yes, at, like in 2017 and 2018, I came down for the first yep. eight rounds, uh, which included a 20-hour drive between San Diego to Houston. Yep. Uh, thanks. That's thanks, right. Sean. I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm sure that wasn't uh, planned solely against me, although I may have felt a, a bit like that at the time. Um, but yeah, going back and forth, uh, like it, it was, uh, it was rather convenient to uh, to just post myself up in Southern California, and uh, whether it be uh, two Anaheim's, a San Diego, Oakland, Phoenix, like you got uh, five to six races within. Uh, within a stone's throw right there. Uh, if you guys went to Vegas somewhere in there too, it's about a two hour drive. Um, those guys have been spoiled for a while. And then, uh, I think now, uh, a number of those fans, and I, like, you know that the number 10 freeway is going to be busy, uh, February, uh, February 20th when uh, Supercross <laughs> rolls into Glendale, Arizona. And, uh, a few of those yes. people might have to book an Airbnb and stay all the way through to the 28th. Uh, because, um, yeah, like it's uh, to get Supercross that close. Like it's only it's six hour drive. I've done that uh, plenty of times myself. Uh, and, uh, yep. That's uh, that's not a huge ask. And I talk, we talked about that off the air about not being able to please everybody. Well, things that might not be coming back to California yet, or that's not scheduled to come back to California yet. A six hour drive to uh, to AZ isn't too bad, right? No, that is not bad at all. And to your point. Man, if you're fortunate enough that you can make a week vacation out of it uh, and bring your family, bring your girlfriend, bring your spouse, uh, bring your partner, whoever it is, and just make uh, you know a week of it, eight days of it, <clears throat> six hours is nothing, right? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, yeah, it was uh, six hours out of uh, when I, when I originally drove down, it was 36 hours. So uh, at that point, it was like basically just driving to the the grocery store and back for me. It, seriously, yeah, that is like nothing <laughs> after that drive. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. It. It's actually a very, it's a shockingly simple drive from where I'm at right now to drive all the way to California. And, and you, you even hit the number 15 freeway before you even drive through Salt Lake. So uh, if you wow, ever imagine. interesting. It. Yeah, uh, straight down through. That would be a uh, fun Bose. road trip, I'd imagine. It wasn't bad. I actually listened to quite a bit of Van Halen on the way down. There you go, baby. <laughs> of course, and I didn't want to get through the podcast without mentioning. Uh, I got like, I, I as soon as I heard about uh, Eddie, I thought of you, my friend. Uh, I know. Oh a guy my goodness! Who, you're you're a rock star in your you. own right, and uh, yeah, we lost a good one. Man, thank you, thank you for that. Um, I'm still in shock. You know, it just it does not. It just. You know, it's the day the music died, you know, for an entire generation. Uh, And that's not a new term, obviously, uh, and has been used before, you know, for a generation that became, you know, before us. But holy cow, that was really unexpected, still unexpected. And it just still doesn't seem, does not seem real, you know, and you know, I love both eras. You know, I'm certainly, uh, you know, a David Lee Roth, you know, guy and the original lineup guy uh, and all of that. But, you know, I was a fan of Sammy Hagar uh, when he was singing for Montrose, you know. And so I've always been a Sammy fan. And, you know, for a band like that to start all, you know, from scratch with a brand new lead singer yep. is just it's unprecedented. Um, and you know, the amount of success that they had with Sammy, um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but still, you know, you go back to the David Lee Roth era and just the groundbreaking, you know, territory and the pioneering that they, you know, created, there was just nobody, nobody like them. It was just unbelievable. And you can't replicate that 
time, you know, uh, long before the internet, long before social media, um, you know, you look back at some of those, you know, some of the most famous videos are, you know, Van Halen, 1981 at Oakland stadium. So every time Supercross visits Oakland, Oakland stadium, you know, I go to the bowels of that stadium and I'm like, man, you know, this is where the semis would have been parked. This is the yeah. dressing room. The stage was set up here. Uh, and just, my goodness, the magical memories uh, that those fans, you know, had those nights. Um, and, you know, some of the visuals that we, you know, you go on YouTube and it's like, man, my goodness, those are the visuals you see. You know, little did, you know, people know when they recorded those shows that they would, you know, be some of the most you know, enduring, you know, visual statements for all these years, but they, but it is, you know, I mean, it's expensive to have uh, a television crew follow you, you know, um, my goodness, our broadcast with Supercross, we have over a hundred people on staff, uh, that put, that, that bring that to life. So, you know, for any band, uh, no matter, you know, if you're Michael Jackson or Van Halen back then, it's still an expensive proposition. So, you know, you don't just have, you know, 30 cameras follow you on tour <laughs> at every, you know, at every stop. So, but no, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, that whole band is just, you know, dear to my heart. Eddie is just, I'm wearing Eddie Van Halen shoes right now as we speak. <laughs> the, the, the white and black ones. That is right. I, I've got them on right now, the high tops. <laughs> there you go. I was going to include that in the, uh, in the promo post for that. So that's kind of serendipitous. Um, what's your, your all-time uh, uh, Van Halen song? What's like? I'll, I'll we're going to play you out with that song uh, once this thing uh, wraps up. What, what's what's the tune that we're we're I'm looking up? You know, I can't really say favorite um but i'm going to give you uh hear about it later uh go ahead and go go with hear about it later you know it's funny on my last we were talking about road tripping and on a recent road trip from florida to pittsburgh pennsylvania where i am from and my family is still up there my wife's family is still up there uh and that's about a 19 to 20 hour drive, uh, depending on getting through the mountains. And the last time I did it, I did every Van Halen album back to back. So I went through the whole (laughs) David Lee Roth era and then did the entire Sammy era. But, you know, I think that, you know, with the way the digital is right now and iTunes and Spotify and the way that, you know, just music distribution is, is that you really do miss, there's an art to sequencing an album. And that is a lost art in a way, but a producer, you know, back in those days, you know, like Ted Templeman, who was the original producer of Van Halen, um, he'll tell you a big, you know, part of one of his, and it's amazing to me, you know, you've got a guy like Ted Templeman and all the success that he has had, you know, with a multitude of artists in addition to Van Halen. One of the things that he would tell you that he thought that his, one of his um, expertises, if you will, was sequencing. So not really even like engineering or mastering or you know, technical sounds, which he was good at, you know, a lot of that, but just one song into the next. an album, right. One into the next and which way they're going to go. You know, you would think that that would be so easy. Well, just, you know, number them and print them up. But man, he lost many nights of sleep. You know, wow. Do I make this forward to that? Is that eight? Is this a better way to start the you know, the second side of the record, you know, when it was on vinyl. Um, so, yeah, it, it's really amazing, you know, really what goes into all of the production. Uh, but, yeah, hear about it later. Hear about it later, yeah. Let's, is that, is let's that, go, uh, one, of that one of the better-known B-sides, or what is that? 
Yeah, that would definitely be be considered uh, an album cut off of Fair Warning. Okay. Uh, Fair yeah, that that was never never a single. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's got some great David, you know, just David lyrics and David, uh, you know, what do you want to call it? Throat jostling, you know, just right. the different yeah. sounds. <laughs> Basically using your voice as an instrument. <laughs> exactly. Using his voice in, uh, in many different ways. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to play out with that, my friend. Uh, Sean Brennan here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Uh, you've always been generous with your time, uh, giving us over an hour today. You're, you're knocking on almost dinner time for yourself. you got to uh, leave your luxurious office and head, head home at this point, I imagine. But uh, this has been fun. This is always It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always learn something and uh, uh, just some cool conversation that always comes together when uh, you and I cross paths. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Brad, thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate you, you ending it with Van Halen. Uh, you know, it, it, it really is, um, my goodness, dear to my heart. Uh, I absolutely love that band and the world really lost, uh, lost something, you know, with, uh, with losing Eddie. Uh, so again, uh, you know, we want to be the light. So, we will end this all on a positive note. Supercross is back. Um, if you haven't heard uh, the Fair Warning album or you haven't, uh, if you're a Sammy Hagar uh, era Van Halen and you haven't heard uh, Fair Warning or hear about it later, hopefully some of your listeners will explore and uh, find something new. Uh, but back to supercross we are very excited to be in the position that we're in we've got 12 rounds announced and uh we are working diligently for you know the other four tbas and i think that no matter where we land uh i think it's going to be fantastic uh not only for the sport uh and our athletes and the championship uh but i think it's going to be great for the fans uh wherever we end up as well so Thank you for your support, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing you at one of these upcoming races for sure. Absolutely, got to uh, uh, like get my schedule completely ironed out before I commit to one of those. But as soon as I do, you'll be getting an email from me letting me know that I'll be coming on down. And for those who uh, are going to stay with us here uh, on the Big MX Radio podcast, I hope that you uh, you guys enjoy this song off of the Fair Warning album from Van Halen.
Wow! <laughs>